welcome to episode 31 of That's One for the History Books. I'm Marty Cohn. My good friend, you, Ryan, and I are profiling Americans who made important contributions to our country, but have been largely overlooked by our history books. Today, we're going to talk about Fritz Pollard, a trailblazer in American football. Born on January 27, 1894, in Chicago, Frederick Douglass Fritz Pollard was the seventh of eight children. His mother was a Native American, his father an African American. His father had boxed professionally during the Civil War. Pollard himself ran track and played baseball and football at Chicago's Lane Tech High School. His athleticism there was very celebrated. As an African-American athlete in the early 20th, early 20th century, he faced immense challenges and racial discrimination. Despite these obstacles, Pollard's determination and skill propelled him to become one of the game's most influential figures. In 1915, he enrolled at Brown University on a Rockefeller scholarship and made his mark in the world of college football, becoming a standout halfback for the Brown University football team during a time when few black players were granted such opportunities. His talent on the field earned him recognition as an All-American in 1916 and 1917, a remarkable achievement given the racial discrimination of the era. Brown earned an invitation to the 1916 Rose Bowl, the first black player in Rose Bowl history. In the early 1900s, professional football was segregated with African-American players barred from participating in the newly formed National Football League, the NFL. After a stint in the Army at the end of World War I and three years coaching Lincoln University's football team, he caught the attention of the Akron Pros, an independent team in Ohio. In 1920, he made history by becoming one of the founding players of the American Professional Football Association, later known as the National Football League, the NFL. This groundbreaking moment made him the first African-American to play professional football at its highest level. Pollard's time in the NFL was nothing short of remarkable. He played for several teams, most, not no, most notably the Akron Pros and the Hammond Pros. I'm pretty sure they aren't franchises anymore. And he established himself as a versatile and dynamic player. He excelled as a runner, a passer, and a kicker, proving that talent knows no racial boundaries. During the 1921 season, he led the pros to a championship, further solidifying his place in football history. Because of his star power, Pollard was very well paid for the day. He made $1,500 a game by one estimate, which would be about $20,000 a game these days. Despite his undeniable talent, Pollard faced ongoing racism throughout his career. He often encountered segregation and hostility, both on and off the field, but he never let these setbacks deter him. Pollard's resilience and determination paved the way for future generations of African-American players, opening doors and opportunities that were previously unimaginable. His playing career ended. Pollard transitioned into coaching, becoming the first African-American head coach in the NFL. He led the Hammond Pros in 1923 and later coached the Akron Indians. His coaching tenure was yet another milestone, 
proving that leadership and expertise also know no color boundaries. Prince Pollard's pro football career ended, playing career ended in 1926. The following year, there were no African-Americans in pro football. Pollard had already begun a career as an entrepreneur. He had established the first Black-owned investment firm in the U.S. in 1922. He would go on to be a newspaper mogul and talent agent for many Black entertainers, including Lena Horne and Pollard's former Akron Pro's teammate, Paul Robeson. Pollard flourished as a businessman, but in the early 1930s, he noticed a disturbing development in the NFL, and it motivated him. In 1933, the league enacted a so-called gentleman's agreement that barred African-American players from the league. Pollard's response was to barnstorm with a team that it actually included Jackie Robinson's older brother, Mac, and Paul Robeson. They called themselves the Brown Bombers, named after Joe Lewis. They played out of Harlem. He was the coach of the team, and he wanted to apply pressure to the NFL owners so that they would have to answer as to why black players were not on the NFL rosters. The Brown Bombers proved to be very competitive against white semi-pro teams. In fact, they never lost a game. The Brown Bombers folded in 1938. It's hard to know exactly how much pressure Pollard's barnstorming team put on the NFL, but the league finally did reintegrate in 1946. Beyond his contributions to football, Pollard was also a champion for civil rights. He used his platform to advocate for racial equality and fought against discrimination in all areas of society. Pollard's impact extended beyond the gridiron and he became an influential figure in the ongoing struggle for social justice. Fritz Pollard faded out of the public eye in the decades following the demise of the Brown Bombers. Pollard died in 1986 at the age of 92. Sadly, Fritz Pollard's story remains relatively unknown to even serious football fans nowadays. But today, we celebrate his accomplishments and honor the path he forged in American football. Unfortunately, Fritz Pollard's groundbreaking career in football was not celebrated during his own lifetime either. However, his legacy lives on through countless African-American athletes who have followed in his footsteps. It wasn't until decades after his achievements that they were fully recognized and appreciated. In 2005, he was posthumously inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the class with Dan Marino, Steve Young, and Benny Friedman, a fitting tribute to this true sports pioneer. Pollard's influence lives on thanks in part to the efforts of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which promotes equal NFL coaching and front office opportunities for minorities. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Fritz Pollard, an extraordinary athlete, coach, and advocate for equality. Thanks for listening to this edition of That's One for the History Books. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to and, and rate our podcast and leave a review. And be sure to listen next week when we discuss Samuel Alderson, inventor of the auto-testing crash dummy. The music at the jazz by Twin Musicom is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. I'm Marty Cohn with my co-host, you Ryan. Stay healthy. <laughs>